0: Do you ever feel like you are surrounded and being closed in from from all sides? This is Truth to Ponder with Bob Bierman. And welcome to the Wednesday edition of Truth to Ponder. I'm your host, Bob Bierman. We're coming to you from a small town called Chilhowie, Virginia. We're visiting with some family and we're just doing the show on the road uh, for this week. We're back home in Georgia very soon. I was thinking the other night, actually having a bit of trouble sleeping. And there are times that I'm beginning to think we're being surrounded by all sides and so many people don't even see it, don't recognize it, don't wanna know about it. How many people are using terms like, we gotta get back to, to normal, the way things used to be? And we'll get there. We'll get there real soon, that's kind of the attitude. But every day I'm increasingly feeling in my heart that we're never coming back to the way things used to be. Those days are over. Whether we like it or not, we might get some respite, we might get a little bit of a break, we might get a small victory here and there. But the world as we knew it is now over. The United States as we once knew it is gone. And I don't think it's ever coming back. And I base that in my understanding of biblical prophecy and just observing The condition of the hearts of mankind today. So I started out with this quick question. Do you ever feel like you're being surrounded now by all sides and they're closing in? It's a terrible feeling, but it's very true. And it's very biblical. And I want to talk about that today. I'm going to lead into that with some news stories. We'll pick up on this same theme tomorrow, I'm sure. But I have some sleepless nights of late as I'm beginning to recognize one step incrementally at a time. Let's go back to last year. The beginning of the pandemic is just an example. You could justify to the American people the concept of 15 days to stop the spread so we don't overwhelm the hospital system. But my question is, what did Dr. Anthony Fauci know at that time about this virus? What did he already have in mind for down the road? Why did he say many of the things that he said? Or was he made to comply to something even greater than himself? And I'll explain that in a moment. Remember, it was 15 days to flatten the curve. Then, well, let's do it for another week or two. Let's go for another month or two. Hey, let's add a face mask to go with that, even though... 45 years of studies to see if a face mask would help in preventing the transmission of the flu virus showed it didn't. So how did a magic mask suddenly, suddenly change everything? Did you ever notice that in the, shall we say, the more socialistic states of America, the United States, the New Yorks, the Illinois, the Californias, even the North Carolinas and Virginia, to a degree, they were slapping down the the most severe restrictions on their people. And they didn't do any better than anybody else that didn't, except for destroying their economies, even worse than many other states. That's the legacy of what we have today because of the virus. We ruined our economy, we have people now that do not want to work, because they're getting paid to stay home. We're trying to have a recovery. We now have rising fuel prices and inflation. And you've got a government wanting to, well, look at France, beginning beginning next week. And then by the end of September, it's gonna be really tough over there. You're gonna have to have a vaccine passport. Now remember, anytime I mentioned something like that last year, at the end of last year in December, that if this vaccine rollout occurs, and we don't know what's in it, it's an experimental vaccine. I said, I wonder how long, we, we said how long before we have to have it and we get into that mode of where are your papers, like the Germans did back in the 1930s and 40s. Your papers, please. Well, France has gone and done it in spite of 160,000 people standing outside protesting not to do this, the French government did it anyway. Now, that tells me one of two things. Either, number one, they're clueless of what this is all about, or number two, they know more than they're telling us. I've prayed about this at length, and I don't think there's any more they're not telling us except for one thing. They're using this. Too many in government today, especially in Europe, and I'll give you my reason right now. You have, the European Parliament is now deciding that people that are pro-life, that are not, they're anti-abortion, you're now some kind of a right-wing, dangerous extremist. So being pro-life makes you an extremist. Being an anti-vaccine person makes you an extremist, a danger to society. This is all about control. And we're seeing Satan using all these people in government who have a secular and reprobate mindset doing Satan's bidding. It's no more, no less. The more I look at this, the more suspicious I become about some of the weird things that I'm seeing. Do you agree or disagree? So in France, if you want to go to a restaurant, You have to have your papers that you have been vaccinated. If you want to go to a gathering of more than 50 people, and this will change, you watch it drop from 50 to 25 to 5 in no time. It always does. It did last year. Don't ever think it's going to go back to normal. There are too many people that I know, and probably some of those that are listening to this program, that went ahead and got the vaccine with the assumption that I get my life back to normal. All I have to do is just, you know, take my two Pfizer or Moderna shots or one J&J and I'm good to go. But now here in the United States, what's happened? Our own CDC, the Center for Disease Control in Atlanta, now says even the vaccinated must wear a face mask indoors. Now, what in the world is that all about? Well, obviously, one of two things. Either they know the vaccine is useless and doesn't stop anything, and they're still believing in the magic face mask, or they want to exercise more control and more division. For those that are choosing not to be vaccinated, you are going to be the target of everybody's wrath and anger. Well, you know, if you just would get that vaccine, then I could take off my face mask. It's because of you. You're the spreader. You're the one causing the Delta variant, the Omega variant, or whatever new variant they invent. This is where it's coming to. We saw this last year. We saw this early in January with the rollout of these vaccines and, and nobody really knowing what's in them. And by legal definition, they're not even a vaccine. By a legal definition, by the FDA's own website definition, what is being injected into the arms of millions of people is not a vaccine by any stretch of the imagination. Never has, never will be. So, so, my friends, what is this concoction? We've talked about it before. It's some kind of a gene therapy. Do we know what the long-term results are? Absolutely not. But on Monday's program, we talked quite a bit about who owns patents on what, and it makes me very suspicious. And look, this is not a conspiracy theory. This is just open information anybody can find for themselves. Nobody invented this stuff. Nobody made it up. It's out there for anybody that has the eyes to see and the ability of reason to understand what's going on doesn't take a rocket scientist, doesn't take a brain surgeon to figure out the same names keep coming up over and over again over a two-decade span of time. Dr. Anthony Fauci, Dr. Barrick at the University of North Carolina in Chapel Hill, Peter Dazak from the EcoHealth Alliance, those names just keep coming to the surface on so many things. The forerunner to companies like Moderna and others, they're all there. They're all part of this equation on gain-of-function research. And I sincerely believe two things. Number one, this virus did not occur naturally. We said it last year. And I can remember just making that statement. It was called misinformation by Twitter and Facebook. I finally had to just dump Twitter for this radio program because anytime I said anything, They told me I had to take it down or I'm suspended. So rather than mess with it anymore, I just pulled the plug and canceled the account. I don't need to be silenced on Twitter. There's no sense going there to make a true statement if you know completely that you're not going to get anywhere. So I just got rid of it. Occasionally, Facebook does the same thing. And as I told you before, way back since 2015, somebody said, you know, you could auto-load your program, because I was using a, uh, I'm using Spreaker back in those days, and I still do to a degree for the podcast. It'll put it out as a YouTube video, which just for the audio. And it was free, so why not? And for the longest time, just doing the weekend program, every once in a while, they would find something wrong with it, and they would, you know, silence it or not let, or silence part of it. That's okay. That's fine. But lately, and I hadn't even checked till somebody mentioned that they couldn't find a number of my programs on YouTube anymore. So I went into the YouTube account for the first time in about eight months and realized that about half of the things that are posted there have disappeared or been taken down as misinformation, misleading information. And everything I was saying that was taken down is now the mainstream thought. Yeah, it did come out of probably a laboratory leak. That theory now is viable. They don't shut you down anymore, but they did last year when I would say it because that was not part of the established narrative. You couldn't say anything of that nature. So the YouTube, hey, it may be there. It may not be there. It's automated. I may just get rid of it too. Maybe I need to minimize my footprint because I'm going to increasingly, like anybody else that does what I'm doing, become a target a target for those that do not love their Lord and those that hate Christians and those that despise the truth. This is where we're coming to. We're being surrounded on a multi-front war. On one hand, we see it already happening in France. It'll happen in Australia. It's going to happen in England and Canada. Canada. And then it always inevitably will happen here if we don't stand up and do something. The CDC yesterday making the statement, and they did. They made the statement that I guess we're going to all have to wear a mask indoors even if you are vaccinated. What's that tell you? Obviously, the vaccine doesn't prevent the spread or the acquisition of COVID-19. And then we have all this big discussion about all these new variants out there. Yeah, the deadly, scary variants, the Delta variant. That is now the the primary spreader in the United States. And I'm not going to deny that it could be or, or it is. Good friend of mine, known from ministry and a couple of other things. He is a doctor, a medical doctor, a good medical doctor, 40 years experience He also went through having COVID-19 late last year and survived. And he had a lot of issues that made it difficult, and they had to literally take him to a different hospital that would give him the proper treatment, which they did, and he recovered quite well. He and I were talking about a week ago on the phone, and I just happened to ask him a few thoughts about the vaccine and also about these variants. And the thing about the variant Think thing about the variant was rather illuminating, and it should be to you. And he goes, I cannot, for the life of me, understand. This is what he's telling me. I cannot understand this mentality out there that this variant's going to be more deadly. He said, I don't think the numbers will ever back that claim up. They never do. He said, we've known a lot about viruses for over 100 years by observation and learning. And what does happen with a virus, it gets modified in the host. Like if I came down with COVID 19, and as my body is working against it, it gets modified. And the strains that are easily, in, you know, make you infected are the ones that are now being produced. And so there comes the variant. And the variant gets out and begins to be called some kind of new stream or strain or variant. And as he said, all these things tend to be more contagious, but they're not more deadly. He said in fact, he said the the opposite is true. They're not that they become less deadly. They become less effective, you know in causing symptoms. We keep hearing about this asymptomatic stuff, all these people that test positive. Now many of you that are that, that are avid readers like I am have already read where the CDC is going to be, phasing out by the end of the year the most popular PCR test. Why? Because there are too many false positives. But they're waiting to the end of the year. Now, here's my opinion. If these things are giving too many false positives, why not you know, tell them no more? Stop it today until we have a better test. Because it keeps the case numbers up for the time being while they're using up the supply of those tests. I've been reading the works of some very intelligent people and they all agree on one thing. The number of false positives, when you do cycle thresholds of upwards of 40, are insane. You're gonna have a bunch of false positives and I've seen it range from 50% to 97% false positives. If we have this new alleged strain out there, the Delta strain, and I'm waiting to find out what tests they're using to confirm that in people. But that's something for another program. But we'll just go under the assumption that there is the Delta variant. So according to every medical doctor that I've read that has any credibility, yes, a virus becomes more contagious, but it becomes less you know, effectual against the body, less deadly. And eventually it burns itself out. One doctor that I know made a very fascinating statement to me, and I've seen a few others echo this. And these are people that are not fly-by-nights. They're not weirdos. They're not trying to sell you anything. They've just been experienced in this particular type of medicine for a long time. And, of course, anything Dr. Fauci says these days, you, you have to take it with a grain of salt. The man has been caught in one too many lies. So I don't believe anything he says anymore. I refuse to because he has lied openly for a year and a half consistently, changes his story every couple of weeks, lies to the American people, has lied to the Senate of the United States. For the first time, he was in the spotlight. And suddenly, he realized he can't get away with saying the things that he used to say that everybody just believed because of his position in the government. Time has now proven the man should be fired and possibly, possibly, considered a criminal for what he did in terms of of gain-of-threat, gain-of-function research with the University of North Carolina and, you know, with Dr. Barrick and also funding EcoHealth Alliance who funded the Wuhan lab and worked with the Bat Lady, as she's called, to develop these more threatening and more dangerous coronaviruses. How does somebody do that and get away with it is beyond me, but he did. And he's still in a, very influential position. And now you have the CDC saying to all those that are vaccinated, you must now wear a mask indoors too. Apparently the vaccine doesn't do what they said it was going to do. Apparently it doesn't stop the spread. Apparently it doesn't stop you from getting it. Apparently it doesn't do anything except cause some blood clots and some serious damage for many people. I believe the CDC is intentionally hiding certain data or making it difficult to find because if the truth were ever known about what this vaccine is actually doing and may do, a lot of Americans will never take it, and those who did may have serious regrets. But for whatever reason, the Harris-Biden administration and every blue state governor feels that everybody... Everybody has to have this. Governor Cuomo says he wants people to not just knock on your door, but force you into a vehicle to take you to get the vaccine, whether you want it or not. And now we're beginning to realize that the Department of Injustice, we don't have a Department of Justice in the United States, not under Merrick Garland. Forget it. That man is a reprobate. He has no business being in the position that he is. But then everybody that Biden has appointed is a danger to America, danger to our freedoms, a danger to the first, you know, the Bill of Rights and a danger to the Constitution. They don't care. They are the elite. And so I want to know what is the real reason that they want everybody vaccinated, especially little kids. Why do they want to put face masks on kids that are three years old or in kindergarten? We know that it increases the CO2 in the blood level. We know that it's unhealthy. We know that it's dangerous. But why do we want to do this shaming of people to scare them into taking the vaccine? And this is what it is. You must wear a muzzle on your face. You must wear a shaming mask on your face until such time as you comply, and then we'll give you some of your freedoms back. If you take this experimental concoction that we can't tell you what the effects are going to be in six months or a year or two years from now. My wife and I were talking the other day. How many people do we know that have had COVID-19. And between family and friends, and I've got a significant number, the number appears to be five or six have had COVID-19. How many of those that had COVID-19 that we know of, and we're talking ages, you know, 35 to almost 70. How many died? Zero. How many ended up in the hospital? Two. And of those two, one of them was so improperly treated from the beginning, this is what caused them to have to, you know, go to a hospital to begin with. In their case, it would have been quite unnecessary had it been treated correctly from the beginning. How many people do I know that have taken the vaccine? Just a handful. How many people died suspiciously within a short time after the injection? Well, out of the four that I know that took the vaccine, one is now dead. Let me say that again. Of the four people that I know that took the vaccine, one of them is now dead, and it is a heart inflammation. Sound familiar? Yet seven that had it lived and are still with us today. Do you see what I'm trying to tell you? There's something about all of this that is just eerie to me. And those that are people of faith You know, if you thought you're getting your church back, that we can come and worship together on a Sunday morning, enjoy it while you have it because I I have this horrible feeling inside. Those days will not be long-lived. Now is not the time if you're trying to plant a church to go buy a building because you may never be allowed to use it. Now is not the time to be investing in things that are temporal, but in it, in things that are eternal. I really believe there are going to be places of retreat for God's people. And let's be honest about something else that many people don't want to accept, but it's, it's the reality. The church in the United States, the church in Canada, in terms of true believers, this is a true believer situation, not just those that claim the name, those that really put their faith on the name. True Christians in the United States are definitely the minority of people, even more so in Canada, even worse in England, and even worse in Australia and all across Europe. True Christians are now in the extreme minority. Many of the woke Protestant churches have abandoned the faith once delivered, and they'll, do, they'll comply to anything the government wants, anytime the government wants it. Because they are not serving the risen Savior, they're, they're, they're serving the Antichrist and don't even recognize it. True believers are going to have to understand something, and, and, and time is running short. I am not a prophet by any stretch of the imagination. I want you to understand that. But I get these, shall we say, incredibly strong feelings about a particular issue. And as I deal with that particular issue, I get some peace about what to think and do moving forward. Right now, the church, we said this back last year, On this program, I've had several guests say the same thing. The church is going to have to change how it functions in this world, just like it had to adapt during the time of persecution in the Roman Empire, or persecution in China, or persecution in the old Soviet Union, or or Poland, or anywhere else, or Czechoslovakia. The church is going to have to rethink how it functions in the world. Because remember, the church today is failing in many cases to recognize we are not of this world. We're in it, but not of it. And too many churches are so tied up in the being in it, they're forgetting about the you know, the primary mission and calling of what the church is. They've relegated the power of the Holy Spirit to something we just talk about once a year on Pentecost. They don't really believe in the power of the Holy Spirit. They don't even understand what the power of the Holy Spirit truly is. But here we are. Here we are waiting for the vaccine mandates that will affect your life. I shared yesterday the story of a kid that is going to college, University of Tennessee, and has decided not to go back after one year. Good grades and all because he recognized that the quality of an education today is simply not worth the debt and the money. You're not learning anything. He'd rather pursue a trade. He's probably smart to do so. In a couple of minutes, we're going to take a break. Then I'm going to come back with a few more stories that you need to hear. And I really think part two of the program is going to have more stuff in it than even this part one but let's be honest, if you are a believer, you are being surrounded. Yesterday, the show trial of the century in the House of Representatives, the committee on the January 6th insurgency, and I saw four despicable police officers lying and showing their partisanship. I was ashamed of what I heard. I was ashamed that the claims being made by one saying, you know, uh, when you hire a hitman, and he was accusing Donald Trump of being a hitman, and nowhere did Donald Trump ever say, go tear the, break into the Capitol. He said, you know, peacefully protest. Obey the law. But no, that's not the narrative. See, that's one side we're being surrounded on. You have those that are people of faith. Saw a story about a, a woman that does website design. And she was challenging a law because she doesn't want to do websites for same-sex weddings. And she's been pretty well told by the federal government, you must if that's what you want to do. If you want to do websites for weddings, you'll have to do it for all kinds of weddings, whether you believe in it or not. Our freedom of religion and freedom of speech has been decimated. It's being destroyed. They use the power of the IRS to limit your speech. They use the power of the vaccine to limit your speech. Whatever the woke culture demands, same-sex weddings, homosexual everything, uh, LBG, uh, I can't even pronounce it out anymore, and, and transgenderism, you must accept all of it or you're an enemy of the state. Isn't it nice to know that if you hold to Christian teaching and beliefs, you are now an enemy to, of the state to the elite that are in power, including the good Catholics like Nancy Pelosi? Yeah. We now live in a reprobate-run country, and I see its demise coming faster than, its, than any kind of relief. We need to talk about what to do next because we truly are living in perilous times. Once again, I didn't expect to go this far on that topic as we start the program today, but I needed to say what needed to be said. Couple of things. Working on going through the music for our new radio channel for Truth to Ponder. Give me about two weeks and the format will be radically different and I think a lot better. It's taking a lot of time and effort. And I've been using some of this vacation time, spending hours a day going through music. Need to spend some time with family, but this I think is too important. It'll be both online and on Galaxy 19 Satellite. Free to air, by the way. It's important. I have friends that are beginning to feel the same leading as I do. How do we build these places of sanctuary to get away from this corrupt and evil world? Even if just for a respite. So pray that as well. Do you believe in the ministry of Truth to Ponder? Why not uh, let me know that you're listening and where? Want to know how we're doing on some of the new facilities like K Y A H in Delta, Utah, K-Y-A-H, in Delta, Utah. If you're listening, let me know. And you can send me an email at Bob at Truth, the number two, ponder.com. Bob at Truth, the number two, ponder.com. If you believe in this work, as we're coming to the end of the month, would you consider helping us financially? Every little bit we get is used to keep the program on radio. And that bill is big. If you can help us, our mailing address is 21 Berkshire, B-E-R-K-S-H-I-R-E, 21 Berkshire Lane in Sky Valley, two words, Sky Valley, Georgia, 30537. Also, want to thank a listener that heard me talking about trying to equip for being on the road. And there are a lot of things that I need to be able to do outside interviews where I can't do it over the phone or some other reason. And... One of the listeners we have to this program had thought about launching a podcast and and had purchased some very nice equipment to do so. And he heard what I had to say. And the other day, I get this box in the mail from FedEx with microphones and headsets and things that'll be ideal for on-the-road usage. So I want to thank that particular listener for taking the time and and sending that to us. So. Anything you can do to help the ministry is appreciated. Right now, we will take a break, and then we shall return. This is
1: Truth to Ponder with Bob Beerman. The actual case of a man killed by slander coming up. Shalom Alechem This is the nice Jewish boy, Jonathan Kahn, your Jewish connection, bringing you the riches of your Jewish roots in Jesus. Now get your pen out as fast as you can, so you don't miss out on receiving a special free gift you're going to get and love in a moment. Now, in 1975, a Sacramento Superior Court awarded a family $107,000 to compensate them in the case of a man who was killed by slander. The man was John Abercrombie, a retired Air Force colonel with a distinguished World War II combat record, an assistant scoutmaster, a civilian analyst for the Californian Highway Patrol. Abercrombie was accused of stealing a 63-cent can of Danish bacon. He was brought to court. He was later found innocent of shoplifting, but the accusation broke him. Afterwards, he lost his zest for life. He grew depressed and finally his heart gave way and he died. And So the court found him murdered by slander. It's true, and it happens. It just bears out what the Bible says. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. You can actually kill somebody with words. Slander is a type of murder. If you engage in it, you're a type of murderer. When you speak words of slander, or in gossip or false accusation or hatred or criticism, discouragement or contempt, you're in possession of a dangerous weapon, your mouth, and you can actually kill somebody with it. Such words over days and weeks and months and years can actually break somebody's spirit, ultimately even take away their health and their life. Are you guilty of murder or are you in the process? Repent, keep your mouth far from any evil word Speak instead words of life Of praise and love and encouragement And compassion and thanksgiving For if words of hate bring death Then words of life can raise the dead Don't be a murderer, be a redeemer Speak a new and unexpected word of life today To somebody who needs it For death and life are in the power of your tongue Now the free gift for you What if you discovered the place of the Ark of the Covenant? Well, a newly revealed ancient discovery just as awesome. The mystery of the temple doors. You'll love it. It's our free gift for you. And Sapphire's daily spiritual vitamins guaranteed to revitalize your walk. Or a free New Testament. How do you get all these free gifts? Easy. Just remember Jesus' real Hebrew name, Yeshua, and dial it. That's it. Just dial 1-800-YESHUA-1. You'll be so blessed. But call now, 1-800-YESHUA-1. Now, the Jewish people brought you the blessings of salvation. I invite you to join with me to bring it back to them, to bless those who blessed you and reach the unreached peoples from every nation. Just call now, 1-800-YESHUA-1. That's Y-E-S-H-U-A-1. Or write me direct, the nice Jewish boy, box 1111, Lodi, L-O-D-I, New Jersey, 07644. It's a nice Jewish boy. It's box 1111, Lodi, L-O-D-I, New Jersey, 07644. Well, until next time, this is Jonathan Kahn saying Shalom Aleichem. Peace be to you, my friend, in Messiah. Tikvatenu, our hope.
0: This is Truth to Ponder with Bob Bierman, And welcome back to part two of our Wednesday edition of Truth to Ponder. I'm your host, Bob Bierman. Just so you know, we're recording these programs on the road. Today we are in Chilhowie, Virginia, in the southwestern portion of the state, and visiting with some family. So I do apologize to some of the podcast listeners that are used to getting the program released a little bit earlier, but doing the recording on the road, sometimes we can't get started as quick as we'd like, and... And so we run a little bit late and I hope you'll bear with us. We might be running about an hour late, uh, the remainder of this week for getting the podcast up from our normal time. So for that, I do apologize. I started the program today and I want to just kind of tie this together a little bit. I feel like we're being assaulted on all sides in our world today. Unfortunately, there are a significant number of people around the world that really don't follow much of the news, or they get their news from what I call less than reliable sources on both sides of the political spectrum. Even among what are called conservative news sites, there's some misinformation out there, and I try to distill through all of this for you to find what is true and what is honest and what is most plausible. There are some websites that I check on a daily basis. And much of what I read from those sites is absolute and total nonsense. And I really believe, and talking to a good friend of mine the other day, a lot of that stuff is put out there, this stuff that many people that are, quote, conservative or Christian just grab onto and they can't wait to share it. And in doing so, they just embarrass themselves. Now, I'm gonna give you an example that goes back, let's say, 15, 20 years ago with email stuff that people would send to you, forwarding all this stuff. I don't get near as much forwards in email as I used to, but boy, there was a time before social media that I had all kinds of family and friends and people that I was on their mailing list sending me an email about some topic. And I can remember one that would never go away It just kept showing up over and over again, and it even found its way into some of the social media about six, seven years ago on a daily basis. It always starts with, remember Madeline Murray O'Hare and her campaign to get prayer out of schools. Well, now she wants to get rid of Christian programming on all radio and television stations nationwide and have it banished and banned. Now, we're talking the 1980s. They were, yeah, this stuff was coming in the mail. And by the 1990s, in email, and early 2000s, in email. So hurry up and sign up now and sign this petition. Print it out. Take it to your church and have everybody sign it and mail it back in. And I'm trying to remember the RM number. Uh, it, it escapes me. Well, the whole thing was a fraud. The whole thing was a hoax. It is true that there was a time, that the organization that Madeline Murray O'Hare operated had asked the FCC that very question. And the FCC flat out told her, we don't mess with programming, go away. It, It never got anywhere. It never became an honest rulemaking. It was just something that was proposed and it was rejected in the late 1970s. But all throughout the 80s, it would come up In people would mail stuff or show up at the petition at their church and and have everybody sign it. The FCC had to hire somebody to go through all the mail and let these people know this was not an actual rulemaking. But well-meaning Christians were filling it out blindly and mailing them in. And then with email, it came as an attachment. Print it, take it to your church, and mail them in. And even on social media. So... You've got to be careful. To You can't believe everything because somebody you know found it and shared it. Don't believe everything you're told. We have a lot of that on, shall we say, the conservative side. People that have some really screwy thoughts about a lot of stuff. Um, Look, there's enough dangers with the vaccine. There's enough dangers with what we're dealing with today. You don't have to add to it and make stuff up that's not true. Or things you don't understand. Don't share what you cannot understand. That doesn't, you know, if you don't understand technology, don't get into the 5G wars. I'm telling you. uh, I understand it more than you'll ever know because I am a broadcast engineer. And some of the stuff that I read about 5G that come out is absolutely over-the-top crazy. Non-existent yet people are pushing it out there. While you're fighting that battle over there, the real battle is not being fought, and your other flank is now being overtaken. We are in both spiritual and cultural warfare. And we are going to end up, if we're not careful, on the losing side for a season. We have reprobates in charge of our government. We have Where the vast majority of people get their news. Yeah, you know, you can say that Fox News does okay with the ratings and and so does maybe Newsmax. But in the grand scheme of things, how many people, what percentage, just maybe two or three percent may get that information? What about the other 90 some odd percent? Where do they get their news from? They're certainly not getting it much from they're not getting it from legitimate sites. They're getting it from the CNNs. They're getting it from NBC, ABC, CBS to a degree. And a lot of people just get very little news to begin with, which makes them more easy to, to manipulate. But there's a significant number of people that get their news from the mainstream. And, and a good example, earlier this week, you know, there was a story out there. Barbara Boxer, remember her? She's a former senator from the state of California. And it's kind of fascinating when you read this little story. Um, As many of you may or may not know, she was essentially mugged or assaulted in what's called the Jack London Square neighborhood of Oakland, California. You know, a nice upscale neighborhood. An assailant pushed her in the back, stole her cell phone, and jumped into a waiting car. And she's thankful she was not seriously hurt. That was two days ago. That was Monday. Well, who reported it? I mean, it doesn't fit the narrative, obviously. So you didn't hear about it in a lot of places. For example, CNN ignored it. MSNBC, for example, the Tucker Carlson show on on Fox, they mentioned it. Hannity mentioned it. The Ingram Angle mentioned it. But on Anderson Cooper 360, Cuomo primetime, Don Lemon tonight, all in with Chris Hayes, The Rachel Maddow Show, The Last Word with Lawrence O'Donnell, The 11th Hour with Brian Lyon Williams. They didn't say a word about it. They ignored it because, see, we can't let people know that in certain areas, everybody's in danger. The lack of a national media coverage on the spike in violent crimes does a disservice when you think about it. And crime is going up. Remember, last year, these same idiots on MSNBC and and CNN were calling for defunding the police and reimagining the police. Our media can't be trusted. Our media now has become synonymous with ignoring news that doesn't pander to the one-sided leftist narrative. Let's go back to the election of 2020. There was a major news story about Hunter Biden and his laptop. And the connections of paying off the big guy, the mainstream media slapped it down. Facebook would take off posts if you put it on there, and Twitter would cancel your account if you dare say anything. So we no longer have an honest media, which was one of the things the founding fathers wanted for our nation, a free and honest media. Well, now we have a free and highly dishonest media that is nothing more than propaganda for one political party. Even Fox News and, and, and Newsmax are all in on get vaccinated, you know, get your life back. It's a bunch of baloney. You're not going to get your life back. We now know it. I mean, let's face it. With the number of people that have been, quote, vaccinated, fully vaccinated in the United States, why are these stupid case numbers still going up? Of course, they're going to blame the unvaccinated for infecting the vaccinated, which makes no sense. The only analogy I can give you, and I've given this to you before, if you're in Windsor, Ontario, Canada on the 1st of February and it's cold and windy, you don't tell somebody else to put on a jacket to keep you warm. I mean, what good would that do? Why would you have somebody else put on a a warm hot winter jacket to keep you warm? Doesn't make any sense. But that's what the media is trying to tell us about the vaccine. That the unvaccinated are going to make the vaccinated sick. Well, if the vaccine worked, they wouldn't be getting sick. That's the whole idea. Weren't we told these things were like 99% effective? We're told they're safe and effective too. How often have we heard that term safe and effective? Do you know that by CDC's own standard, using the term safe and effective is a legal term. These are experimental vaccines. You cannot use that term under the law and under the policy of the CDC because they're not proven. They have not gone through the entire process. And then you have idiot governors like DeWine in Ohio wanting to rush the process and make them approved vaccines. And they're not even a vaccine. There's so much about this we're not being told, and it's deeply concerning to me. But see, the media... Has taken aside, I'm getting to where I've got to be very careful with the news that I even get now from Fox News. They have some people on their staff now because of the grandkids that now have a lot of say-so. And even Newsmax sometimes falls into that category, sadly. It's getting more difficult to find reliable sources of news so I can share these stories with you to give you something to work with. There's so much we need to talk about over these next few days. And I also know this being the Wednesday program, we don't have all the airings we do on some of the shortwave stations. So I I don't want to get into too many topics today that I need every one of you, every one of you on board with. But I'm going to start one right now that we're going to continue a little bit tomorrow and Friday. And this is how do we separate ourselves from this world? And, and we're going to have to. If anybody is believing that all we need to do is have the, the election fixed in 2022, or maybe maybe we'll find out the truth about Arizona, Georgia, and Michigan, and all those states, and, and somehow magically Trump goes back into office. Let's go into the bold assumption that the truth actually comes out. Then we have to decide, will we will it ever change what's going on? Will will it change who's in the White House? And even if it did, how long before we lose it all again? Let's go back to 2010, the Tea Party. Man, we made great strides, but and and a lot of people were out there campaigning, and the Republicans took back the House and the Senate, and Obama then still became president in 2012. And we lost the House in 2018. And we still don't have it back. So, you know, politics will swing back and forth. And the more our world goes reprobate, the more ill informed it is, the more people walk away from the faith or are not even raised in the faith, the worse it's going to get. And so the time has now come, in my opinion, for us to rethink as Christians how do we respond to the world? Of course, yeah, we're going to vote our conscience the best that we can for the leaders that will do the least damage to the church, the cause of Christ, and the family. That's the best you can do. Honestly, we need to be bolder in our faith, but unfortunately, we're not. Let me tell you the story about somebody. We'll probably mention him a couple of times over the next several days. I want to change direction just a little bit, and this is important guy by the name of Dietrich Bonhoeffer. He was born in 1906 to a very prestigious German family. He was very gifted, very intelligent, and even though the family wasn't thrilled with the idea, he he did study theology, and he graduated with a doctorate in theology at the age of 21. He actually served a couple of years some German congregations in Barcelona. He went to the United States, and he attended for a year a pretty liberal theological college, Union Seminary in New York City. He found it shallow, uninspiring, and worthless. But the one thing that he, he found impressive, and I, I have to agree with him on this, back in those days and even for many years, he was impressed by the African-American churches. He, he actually worshiped at a few And he really was inspired by their zeal and how they would take their faith into the world in which they lived. Now, Bonhoeffer returned to Germany in 1931, and he was a lecturer, and he also pastored a church. But he was also very horrified by the rise of Nazism in his nation. He spoke out publicly against Hitler from the moment he became chancellor in 1933. Now, Bonhoeffer's view is not very popular. Many German Christians, encouraged by Hitler's manipulative use of Christian language, saw him as the nation's savior. And face it, look, Germany was in dire straits after World War I financially. You're looking at the 1920s were dismal in Germany and all the way into the 30s. And, uh, you know, money was worthless. It had inflation that was just hyperinflation, which we're heading toward in this country if we're not careful. How do you think someone with an anti Christ attitude can can rise in a nation like Germany? Real simple. Real easy to do. When things are bad, you become their savior by promising, you know, chicken in every pot, a car in every garage, whatever it takes. When people are hurting and they're looking for relief, they'll do whatever they're told to do to get that relief. Sound familiar? Like the virus? Hey, take the shot. Get your life back oh, it's those unvaccinated making the vaccinated sick, so we have to do something about them. We need to ostracize them. We may, they can never shop in a grocery store again. They can't go to a movie. They can't go to church. They can't go anywhere because they're unvaccinated. And that's where we're heading. But Bonhoeffer found himself a resistance force against, against Nazism. He also spoke against the persecution of the Jews, and when Hitler demanded that a church would swear, Hitler demanded that all the churches swear their allegiance to him. Just like the many of the formerly great churches in this country, they have taken a vow of allegiance to a leftist ideology. They're no longer Christian churches. Let's be honest. If you've got a lesbian running around in a rainbow stole in a Lutheran church, it's no longer a Christian church if you have nothing but social justice and Black Lives Matter being, being shared from an Episcopalian or Methodist pulpit, it's no longer a Christian church. Where is Jesus in that church? Where is the life-changing gospel? Where is allegiance to Jesus Christ first? It's not there anymore. Bonhoeffer was denounced as a pacifist and an enemy of the state, but he was true to his calling in Jesus Christ. He wrote a book called The Cost of Discipleship in which he rebuked shallow Christianity and he gave it a term, and a term that I I think is apropos for today's church in the West, cheap grace. Cheap grace is the preaching of some kind of forgiveness that has no repentance. Baptism without any kind of church discipline. Communion without any confession. Cheap grace is without discipleship. Cheap grace without the cross. It's a grace without Jesus Christ, living and incarnate. And it's a warning that I believe is more valid today than it was even during the time of the rise of Nazism. Bonhoeffer refused to swear allegiance to Hitler and realized he could be executed. Now he had an opportunity to get away from it for a while to teach in the USA Bonhoeffer took the chance and left in June of 1939, yet once in the States, he realized he could not be absent from his own country at a time of war, and within two weeks, he took the boat back to Germany. When war did break out, Bonhoeffer found himself drawn into a circle of those Germans who sought to overthrow Hitler. In order to, again, escape conscription, he joined the German military intelligence agency a body that included many who were opposed to Hitler. Bottom line is, bottom line is that he, he was arrested for his faith. He was arrested for not giving allegiance to Adolf Hitler. And what he said about cheap grace, cheap grace is, is just as true today as it was back then. His face was displayed and defined faced with with a threatening government like we have today. Look, look at Europe. If you're pro-life, you're anti-state, you're a danger. The Bible tells all of us the day is going to come when you're going to be hated for the name of Christ. We've had it really good in the West for so long. And what did we do? We squandered the time we were given to share the gospel. We squabbled inside of our church buildings about nonsensical things, Like what color the carpet should be, how many candles should be on the on the altar, or some such nonsense. And we don't like the dress code. I mean, the the foolishness we were—we we spent our time arguing the wrong things, and not really, and not really sharing our faith. And now we're coming to a time when your faith is going to be extremely costly. Bonhoeffer was executed right before the end of the war for his faith because he would not renounce what he believed in Jesus Christ. Bonhoeffer could have stayed an academic theologian and just writing, but instead he insisted that Christianity had to be lived out and to be a disciple of Christ was to do something. That's the problem I think the church is going to have today. Our beliefs will have consequences. That's what it boils down to. The Bible warns us, but we've been so spoiled in the Western world we have no clue. I open the show today with the words, being closed in on all sides. Our schools are enemies of the cross. Our public schools in many cities are increasingly enemies of the cross. They want to harvest data on your kid to find out you know, what they believe or not believe. Are those parents, you know, people that fly the American flag? Are they patriotic? If they are, they're a danger. Are they Christians, even a worse danger? This is the kind of stuff we're coming into. And too many people are thinking, if I just take the vaccine, we all get back to normal and it all gets good again. It's not coming back. He was hanged, Bonhoeffer, for his faith on April 9th 1945, just two weeks before the camp was liberated. And the last words he ever said were, this is the end for me, the beginning of life. He had faith that Jesus Christ would carry him through. The early church is full of martyrs. All throughout history, there's been martyrdom for the church, but I think today's lazy Christians Well, they'd rather play with their iPhone. They'd rather just enjoy the music. But God forbid they have to stand up for their faith in public. And there's the problem we're going to have. Many will become compliant. Many are looking for a social gospel, not the gospel that changes their life. Tomorrow and Friday... I'm not sure where the program exactly is going to go. I've got so many news stories that I wanted to share today. I may share a few of those tomorrow just to give you an idea of the direction we're going. Do you believe in the work of Truth to Ponder? By the way, I'm hoping that maybe by the end of next week, the music will be better on our satellite channel. You can also find out more about the radio channel from our website. Hey, anybody knows somebody that can help me upgrade the website we have? Let me know. Anything you can do in in supporting the ministry is appreciated as we have to take care of our first-of-the-month bills next week. Our mailing address is simple, Truth to Ponder. And if you're mailing a check, you can just put on the check, Ancient Word Radio. That is the parent of all of this that I created. Our address is 21 Berkshire Lane, B-E-R-K-S-H-I-R-E, 21 Berkshire Lane, number 263. we're in Sky Valley, two words, Sky Valley, Georgia, and the zip code 30537. Once again, 21 Berkshire Lane, number 263, in Sky Valley, Georgia, and the zip code is 30537. Right now, it's urgent I know which stations you're listening to. So you can let me know by email, bob at truth2ponder.com. This has been Truth to Ponder with Bob Bierman. To find out more, visit our website, truth